Hi, welcome to the Tabletop Transmissions podcast. Uh, I am Liz. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. Uh, with me uh, are two other uh, trans gamers. Why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves? Okay, I'm Cassie. Um, I live in the uh, general Seattle area, and um, I've been out for about a year. And my name is Fran, and I'm also in the Seattle area, and I, uh, fingers and toes, have been out for about 15 years, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm in the the D.C. area, and I've been out for... About a year, yeah. Okay. All right. So, our first, the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight is, uh, is how we, uh, uh, how we got into games. What are our favorite games? So, Cassie, how did you, how did you start role playing? Oh well, that's a complicated question. Um, <laughs> I had, a, <laughs> I had a friend back in 1982, so I was about 10. Um, had his dad's i think um D D books and oh, so nice. he got he got interested in it um and he got me interested in it because you know dragons and shit um and um we wouldn't actually i mean i got the basic set and everything but we didn't really use the rules we used what what he called make it up as you go along dungeons uh-huh. where essentially it was um, joint storytelling where I was the characters and he was everybody else and we didn't and we just didn't use the full framework mm-hmm. um, I didn't really have anybody to game with th- through um, through most of high blah 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 and middle school and high school are really freaking weird especially when you're friends mm-hmm. uh, and, and you don't know you are but um, my uh, I got to college in 1990 and in September um, uh, Right there, a guy on my hall is like, I'm going to run a cyberpunk game. And I said, oh, a role-playing game? That's cool. I'll give it a shot. And um, then a friend of mine, a person who became a friend who was in that game, started a D&D game that someone who is now named Fran might have joined. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's been all downhill from there, let me tell you, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, and siblings of all genders. Mm-hmm. And nenders. <laughs> Fran, you want to go next? Uh, sure. Um, I don't know if I... 82. Um, I might have been a little bit later than 82. Um, but basically, uh, I was in... I think it was fourth grade. And one of the after-school activities was gaming. And okay. it was cool. a couple of older kids running for... Um, a bunch of grade schoolers, and it went pretty much the way you would expect it to go. We died a lot. We spent all of our time trying to find rings of wishes so that we could get magic swords and castles. Um, <laughs> and then um, I got the, 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 the legendary pink box, and um, uh, various oh. friends and I tried to run the game. And by the way... <clears throat> people... The pink box was the basic D&D rules mm-hmm. back in the early 80s. Yep, they keep on FYI. the Borderlands and the, and the really, really crappy dice that are now sort of a mark of honor. Yes. Um, 
And by the way, anybody, just as a, as a side note, I've seen people online talk about how oh, new people come in and don't follow the rules. You're a ninny if you think that, because uh, I, I was there at the beginning. Nobody followed the rules. We did what was fun. Um, and uh, I played all the way through pretty much, um, I, uh, all the way up to college until I met Cassie and, and uh, discovered that I might actually have friends in life, which was kind of a nice feeling. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely downhill ever since. My favorite game system is uh, Artel Saurian Cyberpunk, pretty much any flavor, although I'm especially partial, partial to 2020. So, uh, and uh, I guess I'll leave it there. Cool. Okay. So mine, uh, oh, can everybody still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, sorry. So mine, uh, I started with um, late, very late second edition D&D. &D. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a friend's older brother who wanted to play D&D, &D and no one wanted to play with him, so we did. Nice. Cool. And uh, so we, we did that, and then it all went downhill because <laughs> I found a game called Call of Cthulhu. Ah, uh, uh -huh, yes. <laughs> and I'd, I'd already played through Tomb of Horrors, so going, you know, getting killed in horrific ways seemed normal <laughs> to me. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Call of Cthulhu is probably my favorite. Pretty good yeah. choice. Yeah, Cassie and I will have to tell you sometime about the Masks of Nair Lithotep campaign we played well, in where my... Some, uh, uh, some, some, some of it, this is probably not suitable for a podcast, I'm just saying. Uh, that's that's possible, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just, let's just say that in some ways we embraced some of the problematic aspects of Call of Cthulhu, which is very problematic especially Masks of Nyar Lithotep, um, mm. because we had a DM who was very um, much into the milieu of the 20s and the milieu of Lovecraft's, um, I'm not going to say racism, but sort of the pulp adventure kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, Fran, you were playing a gay man's. That, 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 that yeah. was queer. Yep. <laughs> A, a closeted psychologist who spent most of his time injecting the other people with morphine to keep them from running screaming out of the room. So Yes. Mine ended with me getting an elder sign tattoo. Ah, that's oh not a bad plan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I figured, yeah, it might, might need it. You never know. Hounds of Tindalos, uh -huh. all that. Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, th this is the only issue that we're going to have with this podcast is that Fran and I could tell war, war stories for hours. And we yeah. have to hold ourselves back. Uh -huh. uh, that is no problem. Uh, <laughs> hang on one second. I'm going to pause, or I don't know if I can pause the recording. I might be able to stop it. I just want to test and make sure. For those in the works. audience, we're still figuring this stuff out. So uh, we're going to go to commercial. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay. I think we are recording again. All right. Yay. We're back. All right. Welcome back, folks. So uh, next topic what I wanted to talk about was, um, well, first of all, so let me ask you all this. When how, Did gaming affect you at all when you came out? Or did, it, did it help you in any way? 
Wow. Yeah, Fran, you'd be the one who could really talk about this because I'm still mm. well, getting I, results. You, <laughs> you can definitely talk about the fresh part of it. I, I will tell you guys that gaming helped me immensely well before I came out. Um, one of the wonderful things about gaming is that it is play where you get to try to shape and explore your identity. And by God, yes, that absolutely has a lot of bearing on uh, on uh, being trans and trying to figure out how to deal with it, but it had bearing on all kinds of things. I gained confidence through uh, gaming. I, I discovered that I could be an angry person and not be not be terrible and awful through gaming. Um, I, uh, but to get a little bit back onto topic, um, back, way back when uh, I was a kid, one of my favorite books was the uh, Tamora Pierce's uh, Song of the Lioness series, which is about um, a young woman who decides that she doesn't want to be sent off to stupid princess school, and so she trades places with her brother so he can go off to stupid princess school and become a stupid wizard, which is stupid, and she can go off to become a cool knight. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's a fantastic character. The books are fantastic, and they left a huge impression on me for reasons that I was at difficulties to explain at the time, which <laughs> I'm sure, you know, which I'm sure I'll figure out one day. Um, so in college, I came up with, um, well, it would be a Mary Sue character, except the fun part of gaming is that you can just do that, and it's called gaming. So um, I created Ronalyn, who is actually who my Skype name comes from. And she was a woman who wanted to be a paladin. And she, the only way you could be a paladin was to serve the god of paladins named Valor. And um, she snuck her way in and basically he said, I'm going to put you to tests. And unless you pass these tests, I will disavow you and I will consign your soul to hell. This is the only way you will ever be worthy in my eyes if you pass let, these tests. Let me interrupt here to just give people yeah. a little bit of background. Um, Fran did this in a game system that she actually developed herself or partially developed? Uh, no, no, that's was, not true. Oh, uh, was, it wasn't? Was, it was, I don't think it was Legend Maker. I, th I think it was second edition D&D. Well, I, it, was, it was bastardized second edition D&D run, uh, run by a somewhat stoned woman who basically decided, the hell with the rules, I want to tell stories. Oh. Yeah. That, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't even remember what the system was. A lot of the time, the system doesn't matter. It's the, at least to me, the system doesn't matter. It's the stories that come out of it. Um, but long story short, um, a number of people told me, God, it's, it's really wild the way you play Ronald. And, you know, I, I had women come up to me and tell me, you know, it, uh, I, I don't normally say this, but you don't play, you don't play Ronald the way most men play, uh, female characters. She feels female. And, uh, again, I took that mysterious sense of unexplained pride in the fact that, People felt like I was really delivering on the character, but she became a talisman for me that carried right through my transition. And so uh, I, that's, that's the experience that really stands out 
for me. Um, I can talk more about my own experiences, you know, immediately around transition, but honestly, you two have that much fresher than I do, so I think you can probably talk more about it. Well, I, I know for me what it was. Uh, I was playing in Adventurer's League, mm. um, and I needed to make a character, and I made uh, Hope, who is uh, a warlock. Mm. And, and well-named. I never that actually so it um so I was playing her and I never told anyone her uh, her gender but uh, to me she was always female uh and then I wrote a backstory for her about essentially becoming magically trans uh as part of her pact mm-hmm. that was again yeah, no, everyone just nods yep that's yeah. that sounds right. Yep. That's a great thing about getting a bunch of people in the room who, you know, who are trans is that feeling you get when you see everybody else's head nodding of, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so then when I, <laughs> so then I realized, oh, oh, I'm trans. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh, crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why my, actually, so my middle name uh, I picked is Hope. Oh, oh nice. You, huh? Yeah. Mhm. So yeah, that's that's uh Yeah, I definitely I definitely uh D&D definitely helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh well, coming out for me was a an extremely decades long painful process as Fran knows. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well no, I mean um she but, lived through my transition and didn't say a goddamn word. That's not <laughs> true. We did talk about stuff, but I uh-huh. was just convinced I could never do it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm going to talk about a character who I was playing pre-transition who essentially was a fully realized female character. And uh-huh. um, Fran mentioned the Alana books by uh, Tamora Pierce. And... Uh-huh. Um, her name was Alania, Alania uh-huh. Malame. She was a, an elven knight of um, a, a mithril knight, which is in a setting called uh, the Scarred Lands. And um, yeah, I mean, she started out as very young. She's brand new knight. She's very uh-huh. naive. You know, she didn't. She was a farm girl. She didn't really know anything about anything. And she was excited about about I, you know through her I got to be excited about pretty clothes. Uh-huh. And, confused about whether I was attracted to a man or not. Uh-huh. It was exciting. And um, I basically, th- I mean, the amazing thing is that she matured way more than I did as, uh, uh-huh. as a woman. I yeah. mean, I took, I took her through everything. Uh-huh. And I think in a lot of ways, it was me sublimating, uh-huh. taking myself through everything. Yeah. Um, in another game that Fran is actually not involved in, I've been playing a Kensai uh, named Kumiko, um, who um, I actually got... <laughs> she did, was not so successful because I was trying to play... I was consciously trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Alania, a lot of it was unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did... I, 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 I got uh, there was one there was a woman in the group and towards the beginning who who wound up dropping out for 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 reasons of uh, time and she said I'm you, I'm glad you were ne- you weren't a teenage girl because you play her really badly and that really hurt 
Mm. Um, but she's gotten a lot more developed as well. And um, we're going to talk about queer gaming, I think, in a little while. And I'm going to definitely be coming back to Kumiko. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually a really good segue. Let's, uh, let's, Thank you. <laughs> um, so, question, so question I want to ask you all. Uh, sorry, you, you just heard my Texas uh, leak into my voice. Um, question for y'all is, how do you make your games more queer? Okay, well, I'll talk a little bit about Kumiko. Um, she, although she, I mean, she's supposed to be 18. She started out 18. She's 19. Um, so she started out a little confused and potentially a little not unsure of herself, but she is definitely a lesbian. I have been playing her as a lesbian for a very long time, which none of the rest of my group, who are all men, almost all cishet men, <laughs> noticed. Until a couple of sessions ago, when I finally said, to hell with it. Because I was out, I felt more mm-hmm. confident, and I did something blatant. And at yeah. the DM, our friend Matt said, oh. But of course, since he doesn't know how lesbians work... Come up again. Oh, but I did feel, I did feel like I could be more open about that kind of thing because it didn't feel like appropriation. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to explain, but it kind of did before then. So I had to be subtle. Does that make any sense? No, I get that. No, that absolutely does. Yeah, I the the I mean it's that. Same feeling I I had when I was playing Ronalyn or Lynn or any of the other female characters that I used to play where getting that compliment of this feels genuine was, it was heartbreaking in a way to mm-hmm. be told you, you see something and to realize that, yeah, I I do see something, and there's a reason I see something, and I'm not totally sure how to express that. Um, Yeah, and I got that kind of reaction with Alania from some of our um, cis female friends. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. Um, As far as how to make your games more queer, um, it's uh, – uh, on some level, I'm going to give the advice that I give on writing panels where I talk. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer, by the way, by my book. Um, <laughs> it, on uh, on uh, panels when we talk about this kind of stuff, which is um, make them queer. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it kind of is really that simple. Um, if you really want to make your game more queer, uh, make a, a make a D100 table and... You know, 90% of it can be straight chick or straight guy, but then that last 10% can take you off into side tables full of whatever your little heart can imagine. And just roll on that whenever you come up with an NPC. Instead of going, well, this guy, why does it have to be a guy? Does it have to be a guy? Unless you're in an all-male society, it probably doesn't have to be a guy. So roll on it or flip a coin if you know just as an exercise that's the wonderful thing about gaming is it's an opportunity to just screw around and the the number of games that start off someplace and then go nowhere so what you know you you run the gay game and a bunch of people are like that didn't quite work and you say well what didn't quite work they're probably going to say well 
the system felt a little bit forced or what was the story. I, I, odds are, odds are decent unless you're stuck in some really crappy place. In, in which case, please contact us and we will give you hugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely. So my my experience has been a little bit different than y'all's. Hmm. Um, I oh, for the long I, yeah, I, I you did adventurers lead. That is a really different experience because that's you know people at cons instead of, you know, friends that you see week after week, that's hugely different. Yeah, so it was, for me, it was, and even just uh, for the longest time, I never, I didn't have a regular game. I, I used to live in rural uh, rural West Virginia. Oh, dear God. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, no offense to any people from West Virginia listening. Yeah, just, just again, hugs. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and... There's a whole like my uh, Cassie knows a little bit of my my background. There's there's a whole other mess of stuff going on. But um, yeah. so I never could really be open. Um, and uh, so that was that was hard. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, gaming, mm. queer, right? Yeah. yeah, but so I could I could never. But even even at the mm-hmm. table, I could never be open. Um, yeah. But what and also because when I did get a home game going, I I was always the dungeon master or the mm-hmm. GM or whatever game we're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm. I said, it was Cthulhu mostly, so it was. Mm. Um, but I always tried to work in um to work in queer queer people. Yeah, good. Uh, and I think I think for dungeon masters especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep saying dungeon masters, the GMs, keepers, whatever you want to call yourself. Yep. You're running a game. Yep. Um, I think you owe it. You don't need to make a. Re- we're going to tell you make a. Re- if, if you, I'm trying to think of the way to say this. Don't you don't have to make everybody gay, but you know what? No. A couple people that'd be nice because yeah. you don't mm-hmm. know who's struggling with yeah. stuff. Maybe it could help. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, exactly. I, uh, I'm going to bring up um, a slight spoiler for um, Wizard of the Coast um, new Ravenloft. Uh, the, what is it, Curse of Strahd? Yeah, Curse, Curse of Strahd. Yeah, there is uh, an NPC couple in the Curse of Strahd who are gay mm-hmm. and who you generally will probably encounter. Admittedly, our group barely encountered them, mm-hmm. but we encountered them enough to say, oh, hey, and they're in the book. Yeah. And that's kind of – Wizards has actually been, for all the problems that they've been through recently, Wizards has actually been very, very good – about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I will I will say they're not perfect, but let's let's give them props when they mm-hmm. deserve it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, honestly, I, oh, I've sorry, gamed there a few, I was just going to say I've gamed there a few times and mm-hmm. it's not just lip service. Um mm-hmm. I don't feel like a freak, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been they've been very welcoming and inviting. Um and again, you don't have to be perfect to be good. This yeah. is a thing. This uh, I would love this to be an ongoing theme in this thing. If if uh, we have allies who are listening to this, you don't have to be perfect to be good. Good means that you're trying, that you're stepping in, that when someone gives you advice, you listen to it. It doesn't mean that you get everything right the first time. None of us get it right the first time. Uh, if, I, if I if I did, I would have come out twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So, but yeah, seriously, I, it, we're, we're playing in, in games where people can shoot fire from their hands or, you know, read a book and go completely insane. Okay, well, that's actually our world. But, you know, yeah. the shooting fire from the hands part, that's, you know, much more magical. So Yeah, I, I, I wish the Fountainhead was only in... Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say Atlas shrugged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say actually, in in some ways, because um, I I just we've we've been dealing with this in our novel. Um, oh, has Fran mentioned she's a writer by her book? Yeah, by my book. Um, <clears throat> I I kind of like that this turns into a running joke that we don't mention the title of the book, just that I'm a writer <laughs> and you should buy my book. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in in our in our novel, we went out of our way to basically seed queer characters various places and ace characters who I'm going to count as queer for these purposes because they get they, shit from the same jerks in pickup are. trucks that we do. Ace, um, ace people are absolutely queer. Yeah, yep. and um, the one problem that we've run into that that my wife and I have debated a bunch is well. What about the trans folks? And, and I keep going, if I lived in a magic universe, I, given, given that I'm you know, straight up plain vanilla, I just want to be a girl, please, thank you very much, here's my 50 cents and I'll be on my way trans, <laughs> you wouldn't know unless I told you. In a fantasy universe, I'd go out and find one of those cursed belts of gender bending, put it on, and someone would be like, you seem to be, be cursed. And I would say, I was. No, trust me, I'm fine. We, we have another story that, we're gonna, that I really <laughs> want to tell on a future podcast. Yes, that will, have to, that will have to come along. But not along. now. I just yeah. put a pin but, uh, in it. But yeah, okay? so, so trans representation is tricky. Um, yeah. uh, the, I actually, I really like what, um, what D&D has done with the elves of saying, you know, Corellan Lorivian is kind of bent in terms of gender. And so there are certain elves who are made in their image. And those elves are who they are. And there's nothing wrong with them. They are actually viewed as sacred by a lot of people because they are like their god. And yeah, for those of you who read Order of the Stick, there's Varsuvius. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Forgot I've forgotten about him. Her, no, them? Them. Them. That's just them. The, the, actually what's again, that it it has it has very, I think, deliberately not ever been made at all clear. Well, and no, honestly I, the the, the mm -hmm. all the male characters refer to Varsuvius as a male. All mm -hmm. the female characters refer to Varsuvius as a female. It's very interesting. I, and, and that seems yep. to have been deliberate. Mm -hmm. Yep, straight up down the middle. Yep. So, so there's another great example of how to queer up your game. Have an NPC, and when people are like, he, you just go with it. Um, my wife actually is playing a character where for the first... She has settled on the fact that they're genderqueer, and they go by they, but... For the first 10 game sessions or so, she just accepted whatever incoming pronoun it was. And, uh, and, and the character would just kind of smirk quietly out of the corner of their, their mouth and, you know, give the smoky side eye. And, and eventually the DM said, is your character genderqueer? <laughs> so. Well, and, and I don't want to ignore non-binary people as well, uh -huh. because 
yeah. non-binary people um, representation is mm-hmm. even less than ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the block, new kids. Um, you know, come on in, get some coffee, put your feet up. Uh, you're, you know, we're 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 here with you. This isn't did. This isn't quite gaming, but did anyone read Last Shot by, um, uh, crap, what is the author's name? It's a Star Wars novel? No, sorry. No, I, uh, I, there is in fact a non-binary character in there. Really? One of the main cast members. Hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. Go Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah. Well, to be fair, my wife played a uh, a kind of a non-binary Star Wars character back when we were in college. No, no she denies that it's non-binary because it was a male-female fusion character. I I've talked to her. I've okay. talked to her. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So they didn't mm-hmm. identify as non-binary. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now uh, I'm curious. What system of Star Wars were you playing? Uh, D6. D6. The real yeah. one. <laughs> West End game. I love yeah. that system so much. Yeah. yeah, dude, if you don't have to empty your dice bag when you force point, it's not really Star Wars, is it? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at my collection. I'm just looking over at my bookshelf mm-hmm. at my collection of Saga Edition books. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've I've seen so many different systems. I mean, Star, Star Wars is really... Hell, the... the 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 real game system is kids running around on a play pl- on a playground shouting pew pew and swinging fake lightsab- lightsabers at each other. So <laughs> we're all wrong about what the real system yeah. is. But the thing I liked about the West End game system is that it was incredibly simple. I used to mm-hmm. say that it was a fantastic first game mm-hmm. for, yep. for for newbies because yep. for kids because it gives you a template. You work with the template. You can adjust a few things, but you don't have to sit and make an entire character. And yet the template is vague enough that you can have whatever personality you want. Yeah. And the math is easy. It just involves D6s. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I loved the West End game system. Of course, it's long, long gone. Yeah. No, it's not. It, uh, really? They, they yeah. just released a new uh, a re- a reprint of the original book. Oh, that's so awesome! I have this. I own the second edition book, um, which is basically just a cleaned up version of the first. Was, one. That, that might have been the one they re- they released that the revised edition. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but we. I mean, we had some wonderful Star Wars games, and you could do all kinds of. I I actually think we had a queer character in the Star Wars game we did, um, or at least a character, a genderless character. Wasn't Mike's hmm. character genderless? Um, the alien? Yeah, technically. Yeah, all right. Um, <clears throat> and again, you know, at a at a certain point, um, it it's it's up to you what counts as representation and what counts as feeling seen. Um, I, I. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I was just kind of going to stammer on for a little bit further before kind of sitting down and being like, I'm old. So Yeah, so something that I want to mention, because it's something that I haven't done and I really should do, is feel free to call out your DM on or GM on um, homophobia or transphobia or anything like that. It's 
it it's hard if you're still in the closet and i'm i'm sure that there're going to be a few list of our listeners who might be at some point and by the way hang in there we're rooting for you um we really are um but i think a lot there, there, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of sexism and a lot of homophobia, et cetera, et cetera, that uh-huh. is in the gaming community outside of, you know, our small groups. And um, I feel like we need to be empowered to a certain extent as players, not just as DM, game masters, uh-huh. yeah. to be able to call that out. Um, and that helps make your game more queer, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah. The bad representation is not rep- is not good rep- is not representation we want. Yeah, right. Yep. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I want to add the caveat because I, I play a lot of con games uh, for the longest time. That's where I did my gaming was. Yeah. Was cons. Um. Maybe you don't know that person. Maybe you don't feel comfortable calling them out. Mm-hmm. If you go talk to one of the con organizers, generally in my experience. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's that's a little bit trickier, but um, you can always get up and walk away. I have done that mm-hmm. a couple times, where it's just like you know what, I'm not having fun. Mm-hmm. I think you're, mm-hmm. you're, yeah. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be a downer, but um, no, no, no. You're important. you're talking about not not everything always goes easily and. Figuring out how to handle it when things are crappy is that's that's really important. So, do we have any final thoughts on this topic? Uh, I mean, this is a topic that you know people could continue to explore forever. Um, how to make your game more queer and how to deal with it um, as a queer person is a gigantic and ever-changing topic. Mm-hmm. I feel. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I I agree. And um, I guess to to amplify a little bit what Liz was saying, um, when you're in a situation like that, um, stand up when you can, um, but see to your own safety first. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And and that may again. That may mean, um, in some cases, you hang out in an uncomfortable situation until your friends are free, and then you tell them, listen, I don't want to game with that guy again. Let's move on. You know, please just understand and trust me on this. That guy was making me really miserable in ways I don't want to get into. Um, it may mean you stand up in the, middle of a, in the middle of a crowded game room at a convention and say, dude, that's bullshit, and just walk away, you know, grab your dice, pack them up, and walk away because you know you're not going to change his mind, but you have to do something. I actually, I actually do have, uh, if, if I can interject with the story. Mm. Oh, please. Yeah, definitely. You have more experience with this than we do. <laughs> um, this is not so much out of con, but this was a case of, so in, in college, I did run a, uh, a 4E D&D game. Mm. Okay. Uh, I really like 4E. I know. <laughs> I wear, I wear so- my... Old. Your my... kids get off my yeah. lawn. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's fine. I'm all right. <laughs> no. We're done. We're done. The meds have kicked in. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I need to take mine. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, no, but um, I was running 4E D&D, and uh, 
buddy of mine sends me a text before he's coming over to the game. He says, hey, uh, I met someone at a game store. Their group to play at our local game store. Their group never showed up. Can he come play? And I said, sure. I didn't know who it was, but I made the mistake of trusting this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say it was a mistake. He didn't know any better. Mm. But anyway, so the person shows up, or my, my friend shows up with the person, and uh, one of our players, she comes over to me and she says, I don't, I know that guy. He mm-hmm. is definitely creepy and I don't feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. And so um, we asked him to leave. He made kind of a big scene about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, please, the thing I can tell you, please trust your friends. If they say yeah. something's, a vibe isn't right or just something's wrong, gut feeling, trust them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely co-signed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cause this this guy we found out later did uh, some pretty heinous stuff and little a little bit worried he knew where my apartment was then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that no, but that's all. That's all I have. I like that. Just please trust your friends if they tell you Absolutely. this is this is sketchy. Yeah, and and make and make sure your friends can can trust you as well with that kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I I think if, for example, as as a queer person or as a not queer person, whatever, if someone is making you uncomfortable, talk mm-hmm. talk to your talk to your DM, your GM, talk to your friends, um, especially before it escalates. Which we also have stories about, but that's another mm-hmm. issue. Yep. Well, and I feel like I feel like maybe that we kind of got off topic here, but I still think this is making your game more queer. Yeah, you are making your game more inclusive and more friendly. Exactly. Absolutely. And and those lessons apply. Those the, those are universal lessons. Yeah. Hmm. So let's um, let's wrap things up here. Uh, I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to uh, anything that you're kind of being, you're freaking out of, you're a fan about, anything you uh, you're enjoying right now. Uh, mm. Oh my God, the new season of Shira is awesome. <laughs> we, we haven't started it yet. Um, okay. We're watching I, Santa Clarita diets right now. I'm uh-huh. not going to say anything, but okay. I'm in episode six of seven, and I, it's great. Oh, there's only seven episodes. Well, they, uh, I, I uh, when I saw They're... Noelle Stevenson at um, at Emerald City Comic Con, she said they had uh, lowered the number of episodes so they could put the seasons out faster. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they're going with the Voltron model, where you're like, oh, that's all, and then like a much shorter time than you expect later, you're like, oh, there's more. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. That is. Okay. Mm-hmm. She confirmed that. That is exactly yeah. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. By the way, she's really nice. Oh my god, yeah, no, I, uh... Anyway, I'm sorry, I don't want to take up too much time, but yes. Mm. Yeah, we could, yeah, this podcast could be about pretty much any damn nerdy thing, and we could go for an hour on it easy. (laughs) Um, for me, um, I'm gonna put in a, I'm gonna put in a plug for a product that I actually did do a little bit of work on, and that's the Witcher tabletop game, which, um, if, uh, I... It's it's worth picking up and reading over. It's one of those rule books that I think, whether you ever run the system or not, 
it's a really fun, interesting rule book to have around. So if you're the kind of person who buys rule books because you like the rule book and not necessarily even the game system, it's well worth it. It's really cleverly written. It's interesting. Um, uh, Cody Pondsmith, the person who wrote it, really bears his soul in a lot of ways, in, in I think, really good ways of getting across what he loves about The Witcher and what he tried to get from The Witcher into the game system. And it's also cruel. It's, it's, it's cyberpunk high fantasy. There are rules in there for what happens when someone in your party loses a limb. Um, and uh, I guess I'll leave it there uh, by my book. Yeah, full disclosure, Fran did help edit the... Um, oh, it's going to come to me. Um... <laughs> I I think I'm gonna have to say I'm I'm reading the new Expanse book right now. <gasps> that's, that's sorry. I have the vapors. <laughs> I have feels. <laughs> um, I have I'm 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 listening to the audiobook. I've got nine hours left. Uh-huh. And uh it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Um I am itching to try the game. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I think I have two. Um, mm-hmm. They're my I'll own go. rules. So I'm going to break them. Okay. Go for it. Um, did anyone see the trailer for the Alien RPG? I did not, no. No. It looks, it looks amazing. Uh, I love Alien. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, shocking. The girl with an Elder Sign tattoo <laughs> loves, uh, loves yeah. accidental dread in space. Oh, I... I... I I love Alien and Aliens too. As well, so it looks yes. Also as well, <laughs> <laughs> it looks phenomenal. It's it's the art looks amazing. You, so you it, you're, you're, is it tabletop or is it a, a... no? It's tabletop. Mm. Oh wow! It's by some sure. I want to say German. I'm probably wrong. I think it's a German company. Okay. Huh. But it's coming out this year. Hmm. Uh, my my bet is August for Gen Con, but mm. that would make sense. Mm. Yeah, that cool. <clears throat> if we had space in the 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 web of games that we weave out here that is so complex that Cassie has a second freaking job maintaining the calendar for it. I would love to actually see somebody run that, but. Uh, we need to see what we, happens. We need to make some space. I want to play more things than just D and D. When, it, when yeah. it comes out, I'll run it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to hearing that. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to shout out to, uh, Fran? What is? Uh, I know you don't. What is the title of your book? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do it just this once. But from now on, it's just going to be by my book. Um, the name of the book is Vigilant Through Shadows and Dreams, Book One. Uh, which it's the first. It's our first book. There's going to be more. We were crap at coming up with the title, but deal with it. It's set in the Scarred Lands role-playing game setting, which but is owned by. You need to know nothing about that. You need to know nothing about. Don't worry. We will teach you all the terrible lessons that you need to find out about. Um, it it has. Uh, I I like to call it high fantasy with low characters. It's about um, what it would be like 
to be a, uh, uh, a well-trained scout in an army where there, is, there are tons of magic around and so it deforms the way that warfare is fought. Um, there's also tons of uh, destruction in the world because the gods and the titans literally just had a knockdown drag out battle so big that they broke the seasons and knocked the stars out of the sky and had to rebuild the calendar from scratch. So um, it's, uh, and our main character is someone who looks at that world and goes, yeah, I want to try to be a hero here. That should work out fine. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm really proud of it, and uh, I would love more people to read it and to hear from more people. Um, so uh, uh, buy my book. Let me just interject and say, not only did I love it, and that's not just because one of my characters is in the prologue, but <laughs> um, it is available from Amazon as an ebook and from drivethroughbooks.com as an ebook or as a print-on-demand book, because Fran wasn't going to include that. And if you don't tell people where they can get it, they can't buy it. Yeah, still working on the elevator pitch. Yes. All right. Um, well, I want to appreciate everyone for listening. I want to appreciate uh, Fran and Cassie for co-hosting. This is our first episode. Hopefully not the last. Yes. Uh, it, it won't be because this was fun. <laughs> um, so you can find uh, you can find me at little Lizzie or I'm sorry, little underscore Lizzie. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to find Tabletop Transmissions just as soon as I uh, get the Twitter for that set up. Or I've got it, but I'm going to change some things. Uh, I am at Tip Transformed, T-I-P-T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-E-D. And I am at Red Ronalyn, R-O-N-E-L-Y-N. Fran, isn't that your Skype not your Oh, that's my Skype. You're right. I am Ronald have Valor. to look it up. Yeah, Ronald Valor. There we are. Yes. We're going to we'll, we'll edit your Skype name out. Okay, okay. thank you. <laughs> uh, I actually also realized I gave my Twitter handle wrong. Oh. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long weekend. Yeah. Perfect uh, is a verb, not an not an adjective. They they upped my dose of Spiro, and I done nothing is right. Oh my uh, god. Uh-huh. Uh, my handle is little underscore Lizzie two two. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> someone someone who follows me, please please confirm my Twitter <laughs> handle for me. Okay. All right. Well, this has been uh, this has been tabletop transmissions. Uh, please join us next week for more punny goodness. All right. Thank you for listening. Yeah.